Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another scintillating version of Wrong and Wronger. I am the better-looking co-host, Steve Olivas, and he is James. Let's hit the panic button break well. And James, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing wonderful. I have gotten uh-huh. gotten over the flu. I am alive again, and it feels great to not be bedridden. But then I'm talking to you, and I got to say this feels pretty close to the flu, so it's like I'm right back where I started. <laughs> the flu might be less painful. How do you know it was the flu? Did you get a flu test? Did you test positive for A or B? <laughs> We're not going down this road, Steve. We are not going there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get bumped off of YouTube for oh, that. Oh, Christ. All right. Well, We will safely step away. <laughs> well, this is the podcast where ordinarily we avoid any kind of hot topic that's going to get us bumped off of YouTube. But I don't know. Olivas has had a day. I didn't have the same kind of day Breakwell had. But I even want to extend back beyond that for this episode, James. I want to go back to your newsletter. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, you've actually, you, you've, uh, well, because you haven't been reading it for a while, I think is the main reason, but. <laughs> I'm telling you, it goes into my junk folder, and I thought, never has a universal force ever been more involved with my life than with that decision. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't deny that's where it belongs, but it is good for wrong and wronger topics that we come up with half a second before we hit record. Well, James, you, in my estimation, are a fairly level-headed person. Yes. Which is why your newsletter this week confused me as much as it did. And so I wanted to at least float the notion of, Mr. Breakwell, when do we and when do we not call the cops? Because your threshold for pulling that trigger is well lower than at the Olivas residence. Well, you are like in a suburb of Nashville, though. And I've got to imagine when you call the police, it's a big deal. Like I, when I call the police, (laughs) they're here in two minutes and they show up for everything. So what this is in reference to is somebody dumped a TV on my lawn. It ended up being a whole deal about trying to figure out what to do with this TV. Because the garbage men would not take it. It looked like I was going to have to drive it someplace and pay to recycle it. But it wasn't mine in the first place. And you can't just dump trash on somebody else's property. I mean, that's definitely against the law. So my wife suggested that we call the police. And I did. I called them. And believe it or not, they came out. They checked it out. They said nobody reported a TV stolen. And then they, you know, went on their way. It was it was not a huge deal, but you know, I, I did call the emergency line. Unfortunately, they eventually put me through to the emergency line because apparently my TV is pretty important. Also, <laughs> in order to send out a unit, you have to like they they just put you through to dispatch. It's one thing for all of them. But in the newsletter, I went through other times that I've called the police. Yeah. We've had two times where somebody was passed out on or right next to my property. One time, a guy passed out like basically on my driveway. I mean, you got to do yeah. something about that. Another time. In the newsletter, I said the drunk guy on the bike ran into the side of a car. 
Lola has since corrected me. He didn't hit the side of the car. He was like he would have T-boned the car, but he slammed in his brakes and went flying over the handlebars and landed on the asphalt, but didn't actually hit the car. And then the car <laughs> stopped and knocked on my door because their cell phone was dead. Said, so "What are we gonna do about this?" And what am I gonna do? I got a, <laughs> I got got a guy bleeding next to my property wiped out. Of course, I'm gonna call 911 for that. And then the other, the, the fourth time I called the police. Uh, was when uh, there was a kid's bike that was just abandoned in my front yard, which is super suspicious. It's like, did somebody steal this bike and ride it a few blocks and abandon it? Or was some kid playing and he was just like abducted off this bike and now the parents are wondering and there's, you know, there's bulletins out and I'm just ignoring it and I've got the critical piece of information. So after a few days, I finally called for that bike and they came by and picked it up and said kids steal bikes and drop them other places all the time. So that is my history, which I think is pretty, pretty reasonable. And the TV one is the most minor, but again, illegal dumping is illegal dumping. Like, what would you do if somebody threw like a filing cabinet in your front yard? Would you just just deal with it? What, what would your course of action be? Well, you're not going to like my answer because uh, just by virtue of you being affiliated with me, it might get you thrown into Guantanamo Bay <laughs> in the next cell. But my son and I have a long history of doing what we call a little bit of recon, which is we will get a piece of garbage, however big or small it may be, that would not be picked up by our garbage men. And then he and I go out on a quest to find an apartment complex dumpster somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we gather intelligence, we figure out when is the most advantageous, i.e. when is sunset today, and which is the most advantageous corner of this apartment parking lot where uh, we will be unobserved uh, while we are dumping this piece of whatever it happens to be. So somebody put a file cabinet in my yard, it would end up in one of the dozen or so apartment complexes around our suburb. So you, you are the problem. You are the TV dumper. Like you're on the opposite side of the equation. What? Well, a part of the problem too, though, was like, I couldn't even, well, I guess I could have slipped it in a dumpster somewhere and hope it got buried, but like, they're not supposed to, for whatever reason, they're not supposed to take TVs. Now, I would think by the time you got to the LCD era, I don't know what in there is necessarily more toxic than any of the other stuff we throw away. We throw away plastic and electronic stuff all the time, it seems like, but for whatever reason, people get real uptight about TVs. Uh, but yeah, I can see, I can see how that'd be appealing. Perhaps if I had less of a moral compass, I would have just tossed it in the back of my car and driven <laughs> around till I found an unguarded dumpster. But I yeah. did not. I went the route of law and order. I went through official channels and it got me nowhere for many, many hours until finally somebody, and I have no idea who, just came and grabbed the TV and it disappeared as mysteriously as it disappeared, as it appeared in the first place. It was, it was a day. It was just a day. <laughs> So let me just a couple of points I wanted to grab onto here. Yes. One, why am I part of the problem when whichever service is responsible for emptying that apartment complex dumpster would end up sorting that out and recycling it anyway? I'm just taking me out of the middle. I'm putting someone who's already in the solid refuse industry do their thing, like do what they have been put on this earth to do, which is figure out what is recyclable, what is not. I don't wanna take a job away from somebody. <laughs> I feel like I'm part of the solution. And secondly, you know, the interesting thing about the somebody grabbing that TV is you ostensibly recycled it in that someone Hold on. dumped it to get away from it and then someone else stole it from you. It's like, what a circle of life. Where the hell do you live?
I have to shoo a pig away. Uh-huh. These are words, and there have been many sentences James has said to me throughout the years that I never thought I would hear another human being assemble in the direct order that these words have been put in. I have to shoo a pig away. All right. A lot of people have pets. A lot of people have kids. James got pigs. I don't think you heard, you guys heard me say I have to shoo a pig away, but Steve has a direct line of communication to my ears. So he, he knew what was up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gilly got into something she should not have gotten into, and I had to run and avert a pig emergency. But I am back. And yes, Steve. Did you, uh, did you call the cops, James? Did I did not. But a pig emergency. had to shoo the pig away? Just, just to clarify, you are not part of the problem. You are the entire problem. Let's just start there. <laughs> so... I mean, that apartment complex, it pays like a higher fee because it has a lot, you know, those large dumpsters. They sure. they pay for the amount of trash generated by those people. And you are freeloading off of them. You did not pay for that extended capacity. And uh, yeah. and you are placing a burden upon them. I mean, they these are people, they don't live in a 25-acre in a, in a <laughs> manor like you. I mean, they're in apartments. <laughs> Cut them some slack. The, the cost oh. of that trash is built into their rent. I mean, and <laughs> I've had it. Have you ever had a? Have you ever done construction? Have one of those big construction sure. dumpsters out? Sure. I mean, that was what across was across the street, and that was the first thing I was tempted to do was to dump it in there, but I did not because I'm an upstanding no. citizen. But like when we had a construction dumpster out in front of our house, people would go and there was stuff tossed in there that definitely wasn't ours. But the thing is, I had to pay for each load of that dumpster. So like if they're filling up that thing, if they fill it up before the construction's done on my house, I have to pay for another dumpster load. Like that's that's on me. I, that's uh. Yeah. You are passing on the burden, and that that's not cool, Steve. Not not that anything you have ever done in your entire life is cool, but, you know, very not cool in this particular case. I'll tell you a story of when we got caught red-handed. This will give you a little insight into why I'm not going to heaven when I die. So, Sun and I had to somehow figure out how to get rid of a couch. <laughs> so... We went out on a recon mission and we found an apartment complex. And by the way, the dumpster across the street, that's a little too close to home. You don't poop where you eat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you gotta make sure to go across town. There's other suburbs of Indianapolis, James. But uh, so Sun and I went out on a mission, doing a little recon. We were sitting in an apartment complex parking lot, just kind of getting a sense of the traffic flow in that apartment complex. And we, uh, we came to the determination that we were in a safe, semi-secluded corner. So that night, we loaded the couch into the back of, I had a station wagon back then. We loaded the couch into the back of the station wagon and set off for that dumpster. And as like we put the thing, I think we actually set it next to the dumpster because he was too young at the time. He couldn't hoist it up and over the dumpster <laughs> with me. So we're just like, heck with it. The garbage man will figure this out. So get the thing next and we're just about getting into the car. And I hear a voice from one of the balconies go, hey, do you guys live here? So I turned around and because I want to model good responsible citizenship to my son, I said, yes, we do. And he said, what's your parking space number? And I thought, oh, you're one of those people, aren't you? So I immediately shot back 136. <laughs> That's not one of the numbers. And I said, damn it. And so my son and I had to pick that couch up and stick it back in the station wagon. And we found another apartment complex the next day. But I got caught, James, and it was so embarrassing. I had to somehow save face in front of my son. And uh, I don't know if I was able to do it with any modicum of dignity. But that, that kind of, that's an exception to the rule in our history. I'm confused as to why you didn't just drive away. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny. 
funny because I thought of that afterwards. Too. Like, <laughs> what the heck was he going to do about it? Like, call the cops? I'm two cities over by the time they're going to respond. But no, I'm a good person. James, that maybe is the takeaway from this. I don't know what happened. I think you're a you're a bad person, but also a cowardly person. And those two things, like if you're gonna be bad, just be bad all the way. He catches you, say, "Hey, do you live here?" You say, "Yeah, I live here." And as he questions you, you just you just get in your car and you go. You're like, "Gotta drive back to my apartment," and then you just (laughs) clearly leave the parking lot. I wanted to model for my son good responsible citizenship, which is you, it, it's everything's legal till you get caught. That that's my motto, Jeff. That's what I'm going to go with from now on. I mean, that seems to be what's going on. I, I had a police officer <laughs> been there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he would have done anything much beyond make you load it back up. I don't know if there's a, a fine if it goes along with littering or uh, illegal dumping <laughs> has to be illegal. I mean, the word illegal is right there in the name. But <laughs> do you guys have? I think around here we have big trash days, like twice a year we're allowed to take stuff yeah. to the street department. You can get rid of furniture then, but it's kind of awful because then you've got to hold on to something you don't want or don't have space for for like six months. It's a long time. It's a burden. Like, I I get why these people <laughs> might have wanted to get rid of the TV, but like, their solution was the worst of all possible solutions. They didn't they didn't throw it in a dumpster. They didn't call anybody else. They, they put it in a yard, in my yard. Like, of all the things you've done, I don't think any of your solutions has ever been to just toss your unwanted stuff no. in some random no. yard. That, that that's, no. a, that's a step even below you which is saying something oh that's reprehensible absolutely now did you before you go when you dump these things did you try just putting it on the corner and seeing if anybody else would claim your unwanted items because we've got a they tossed it in the corner where people take stuff from uh you know we'll put out furniture and stuff all the time and nine times out of ten it'll disappear by the end of the day we've never tried that and uh Largely because the house, this was last house, and uh, we lived on a cul-de-sac kind of toward the end. And so it, no, nobody ever came up our street except for the two people that lived further on the cul-de-sac than us. Oh. And so if one of them needed a ratty couch that babies and dogs had thrown up on for 15 years, then they could have obviously taken it. But I didn't want to take my chances. It might have been raining that day. I don't <laughs> want to go into all that, Jay. I don't need that kind of aggravation in my life. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, well, it's a step down for you. There's somebody out there, some poor college kid is like, yes, <laughs> a couch, finally. No, they're just going to destroy it anyway. We've, I, I think most of our, uh, actually, there was one time we got rid of a few things, and somebody just like, as I was putting it out, drove by in a truck. It's like, yeah, my kid's moving into her first house. This is perfect. It's like, yes, just take all of our garbage. And that's, that's how the junk economy works. But how it doesn't work is you don't dump it in somebody's yard. You definitely don't go drive into an apartment complex. Oh, and uh, you do. You do, huh? That's <laughs> Until you get caught in front of your son. Now your son's going to grow up and he's going to be an apartment dumper. And that's just, that, just going to haunt him for the rest of his days. Maybe not. Maybe he'll rise above his old man. Maybe he will internalize some of his mother's codes of ethics. I I don't know, James. I can't be held responsible for what these children do after the age of 18. (laughs) I will say in our new house, in our new zip code, we have access to the the pump, like the dump. And so anything we want to throw away, we just drive up on Saturday and there are big construction dumpsters and lines of cars that are just people throwing construction waste, house waste, wow. uh, tree limbs, anything they want in those big dumpsters. Every single Saturday. It is every Saturday. It's probably during the week too, but I'm never out there during the week. It's at the recycling area. There's also the dump whatever you want to dump area. Do you have to pay for that? 
No. Wow. Now, like three houses ago, we lived in a rural county and you paid by the pound. So it was literally a landfill. Like uh, you backed your car up to the end and two prisoners in their full prison jumpsuits would come out and like everything, they would just whip it over the edge of this cliff. I swear to God, this is true. They would weigh your vehicle or vehicle and trailer first. You'd go to see the prisoners. And uh, there's some stories of these guys that are just massive pulling this stuff out by themselves. It's like, holy Christ. But, uh, and then when you're done getting dumped, you come back and weigh, and the difference, you pay whatever it is by the pound, and that's how things got taken care of in the rural county. Wow. Now it's all free. It's part of our taxes, I guess. Yeah, that's the catch right there. Nothing's ever free. Not, right, not even right, those right. apartment dumpsters. Somebody's paying for it. <laughs> now, growing up, I want to say you could take stuff to the dump like that, but it was like a $65 flat charge, which is a lot to get rid huh. of a couch. It's probably worth like 10 bucks by that point. It's uh, it's not a not a cheap exchange, but we've gotten kind of off top off topic as we are wont to do. But you were you were criticizing me for when I call the police. So when have yeah. you called the police, if ever? Boy, the last time I uh, I would guess I haven't called the police much. When we lived in Oklahoma, I called the cops once because wife's car got broken into. Mm. Uh, when we lived here, the last time I called the cops was a few, and I, just knowing the house we were in, it was at least three, maybe four or 4th of July's ago. And it was at my wife's prompting, because she was getting tired of uh, our neighbors shooting off fireworks. We didn't like the neighbors anyway, mostly because they didn't like me. But the point of it is, I called the non-emergency number because, you know, I'm not James Breakwell. I don't need to get the fire department out because there's a television in my front yard. But I, I said, Ugh, I hate being this guy, but I got to get up for work tomorrow. The whole neighborhood's probably got to get up for work. Can someone just drive through and tell the kids? It wasn't kids, but, you know, I'm a nice guy. I try to cover the fact my neighbor's a uh, not good person. <laughs> anyway, can they come by and just kind of tell the kids to keep it down? It's almost midnight. And the lady said, I understand. We'll send someone out. And that was the last we heard of the fireworks. But car break in, that one, I don't know that I've called the cops more than those two times. I'd have to think about it. So, first of all, I did call the non-emergency line. Then they put me through to dispatch. So, I, I, called, I called the right place. Second of all, you... They routed you through and the tornado sirens went off. And You called yeah, I know how it goes. the police on fireworks on the 4th of July before midnight. Idea. Before midnight. Come on. I, I said mean, pipe down to Fireworks. And she said absolutely not. Fireworks don't even start till like 10. Like, you are still in the prime <laughs> firework window window in indiana fireworks are legal and they start going off like three weeks before fourth of july and they go off like two months afterwards but for us like you know an unreasonable time for fireworks like two or three in the morning like like before midnight what this is the one time of year it's okay zone change come on james we're in the central time zone that's like two or three in the morning is that how that works? Yeah, Man. do the math. Just trust me on that. One. I knew you were like 65. I didn't realize you were 85. Holy cow. Those kids just want to celebrate freedom and America. And you bring down the police upon them. That's going to be the lasting lesson you taught in that neighborhood. Holy cow. I could chronicle for you the long and impassioned battle that Mrs. Steve had with the neighborhood association in that house, with the neighbors. It was an ongoing thing. So this was just another 
brick in the wall. Did you, are, are you those people too? You use, you bring down the neighbor association on people? Is that, did you, did you? No, inform? we wanted to run the neighborhood association out of town because ah. it was run by zealots. Oh, those are they the worst. They would come by with a micrometer just to measure Olivas's grass because he's <laughs> married to that woman that's constantly complaining about the dumb rules. I refuse to live any place with a homeowners association for that we, very we, we reason. We no longer do. Let's put it that way. They uh, really the the <laughs> yeah. Steve, new Steve Olivas Manor in that neighborhood is not in a neighborhood association. I, I am shocked. It's, it's funny. We live in a little outcropping that is not part of the main body. And it was her, her only, there were a couple requirements like master bedroom downstairs, but the overarching theme was I ain't never living with a neighborhood association again. <laughs> and so that was part of the deal. I've never heard of somebody having a good experience with them. And I think it's because you're either on one or one of two ends with that. You're either on the end where you get constantly harassed or you're the harasser and it just it never it never goes well it just it, it, it's so easy for those things to just seize total power you get one person in there and they can just mm -hmm. make your life miserable what are you, what are you gonna do move that's kind of a big deal so uh but i've got to say given your hatred of fireworks on the fourth of july before midnight <laughs> i would really see you as the zealot homeowners association guy i am shocked you were on the opposite end of that well the the neighbors had called the homeowners association on us for a dumb reason so there was a little bit of sh uh, schadenfreude happening here like they were going to get theirs and i was the master of puppets on this one what was the dumb reason was it going to neighboring apartment complexes and dumping couches no it was uh all right so <laughs> let's hear the story <laughs> <laughs> as we are wont to do. So there were two occasions. One was we had our garbage can. We made a nice brick little patio out of sight of the road next to our house. Now, the letter of the law is the garbage can has to be out of sight of the house. What most neighbors do is keep it in their garage. Well, we, we weren't going to keep the stinky garbage in the garage, so we built a nice little thing and enclosed it, and the neighbor called and said, this is not in their garage, and they cited chapter and verse, so we got in trouble for that, had to start keeping it in the garage. I don't know exactly how the letter of the law went, but it was the spirit of the law was being followed, but our neighbor was dumb. Second thing, which put Mrs. Steve over the top, was... My son had a hockey net that he would put down in the road and shoot hockey pucks into it and uh, just leave it there. Like when he came in for supper or something, he'd just leave the thing in the, because it was heavy and he was little. So yeah. he left the thing in the yard, or not in the yard, like in the street. So a neighborhood association uh, sent my wife a notice saying, you have to get your basketball goal out of the street. <laughs> Obviously, they had no idea what was going on. They were third party relating what the neighbor who was insane called them about. And so my wife said, yeah, we don't have a, a, a basketball goal in the street. And so she told my son, leave your hockey net out there forever. <laughs> I don't even bother bringing it back in the garage at night. So we did. Kept getting notices about a basketball goal. My wife kept saying, I want someone to drive down here and show me where the basketball goal is. Hey, by the way, three of our neighbors have basketball goals in their driveways and in the street also. Why don't you harass them? And that went back and forth, and then they fined us a few times, and my wife said, kiss my ass, I'm not paying that until you can prove we have a basketball. Anyway, that went round and round, and it literally was not resolved the day we moved. We just got out of Dodge. <laughs> Is that why you moved with this dispute no. over the highway? <laughs> <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> but 
It was a contributing factor to a lot of the unrest on the cul-de-sac. Wow. I, I, I got to say, I admire your wife for the stick to it Did they really? Jeez, they, I tell you, yeah. They, they never drove out to check, though. I mean, in that tiny little, I mean, I can't imagine the Homeowners Association could have been more than, you know, I mean, even the big ones are, usually aren't more than 100 houses. Like, nobody ever oh, came by to check. Oh, they're in the neighborhood. Literally, Yes. And they just they yeah. couldn't check to see that it was a it was a hockey goal and not a basketball goal, or did they just not know the difference well, between sports? Well, here's the thing: they had to double down, otherwise they look stupid, right? <laughs> so you can't just say, "Oh yeah, you were right." They have to say, "Get that basketball goal out," and just keep repeating that over and over again. Man, and I think that the problem with those homeowners associations is a lot of times they have meetings during the day, so it's just run by the people who are there during the day. It's like old retirees with nothing to do but pick fault and and all those things. So they they have time to cruise, they have time to uh, to inspect, and it's just the tyranny of the elderly, which is definitely the demographic you're in now. And pretty soon, nobody can have <laughs> hockey goals in the street, nobody can have fireworks on the 4th of July, and the world's just a worse place. Well, we got to wrap it and get out of here because I got to hit the early bird special walk in the mall and then go to bed. So until we meet again, just know that you've survived another episode of Wrong and Wronger and probably learned more things that are both going to land me in jail and in the fiery pits of hell someday. But until we meet again, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding and the Pig Shepherding Breakwell. Uh, yeah, unicorn. I forgot where I was in my train of thought. <laughs> Saying thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and until next time, always remember, two wrongs can make a right.